0: Hi, I'm Bill Bishop. I'm the CEO of The Big Idea Company. And I got a question for you. Are you ready for the future? Now, if you're like most business people, you probably aren't ready for the future. You're spending most of your time thinking about what's happening right now, which is very understandable because you probably have lots of challenges you're dealing with right now in the present. So therefore, we don't think about what might happen in the future. And that could be a problem for two reasons. One is something could happen in the near future that could very much disrupt your business. Like something like you know what happened with the pandemic, right? No one was prepared for that. But even more importantly, is you could miss out on some big opportunities to um, achieve even bigger success in your business. And the reason why I think this is so important right now is we're on the, the cusp of a huge revolution in the development of artificial intelligence, robotics, and other technology which I call hyper-intelligent technology. And just like when the internet came along and how disruptive and exciting that was, we are now entering a phase where there's going to be even greater disruption from technology. So this is what I'm going to explain today and why and why, and how you can take advantage of that, OK? so. But I just want to go back a little bit uh, to uh, 1996 because I have been uh, helping uh, business people uh, plan for the future and succeed in the future um, for a long time. And in 1996, I wrote a book called Strategic Marketing for the Digital Age. And it turned out, I didn't know that at the time, but it turned out it was the, the first book ever written in the world about Internet marketing. So I went on the speaking circuit, and I went around and basically taught people about the internet and all the great things that you can do with it. But in the book and in my speeches, I I would often talk about things that a lot of people wouldn't believe or didn't believe. They said, that's crazy. I said, these are the things that are coming. And they said, no, no, there's no way that's going to happen, right? And the three things that I, I remember talking about, among other things, was I said, well, the first thing is, in a few years, you'll be standing on a corner and you'll have like a little computer in your hand, and uh, and you'll just order a taxi on the uh, little computer in your hand. I didn't call it a smartphone, or and I just called it a computer in your hand. Uh, and I said you'll be able to order a taxi, and they will just come right to you, right, just on the street like that. You will not have to make a phone call or anything. I, oh, that's crazy! How would that ever, how would that would ever happen, right? Uh, and then. The other thing that happened was uh, I had a photographer and he bought one of the first um, uh, digital cameras in Canada. And um, it was about a $10,000 digital camera, a big, big camera. And I said, well, let's go and show it to the president of Kodak. And he was one of my clients at the time. And uh, I showed it to him. I said, what do you think? What do you think of digital camera? What do you think? So, oh, no, no, that'll never work. No one will ever want that, you know. Film is so much better than anything digital. It's always going to be film is going to be the most important thing. And for me, I just thought that was crazy. I thought, look, no, no, no. These cameras are going to become cheaper and cheaper and better and better. And everyone's going to have one in the future. And so he didn't you know, the guy at Kodak did not believe that. I think because he didn't want to believe that. And then the third thing is that you know, we'd be watching television. And I'd say, hey, you know, like in the future, um, You'll be able just to download movies right onto your uh, uh, your television. You know, it'll be just a, you won't have to go out to the video store or anything. You just look at a list of movies, pick one and just watch it right away. And people say, oh, I don't know about that. Like the internet's not very fast. I don't know how that'll ever happen. It's crazy. So there were just three things that I had said were gonna happen, which really, if you just thought about it, just projected out a bit, all really seemed pretty plausible, right? So I'm gonna talk about a few things today that are gonna sound like that to you at this time, right? It's gonna sound like, that's crazy, how could that ever happen? But if we look back and remember that those things happened, then maybe these things might be gonna happen too, okay? So, So let's just bear that in mind. So I call this presentation Dancing with Robots because what we need to do is learn how to deal with technology in a skillful, graceful way. It's kind of like a dance. And I use robots as a kind of a metaphor for all technology, like things like I say, like artificial intelligence and the blockchain and the metaverse and you know and all these other things that I'm going to talk about. I call them hyper intelligent technologies. How are we going to do that? Now, one company that is really getting a head start on the future is the Ford Motor Company. And they created the F-150 Lightning, which is an electric vehicle, and it's the electric vehicle version of their very popular traditional truck called the F-150, which is one of the most popular products in the world. Um, And so here is Ford has created now a hyper-intelligent version of one of their most popular products. Now, it's really interesting because in Detroit, they have an old factory that, builds these these trucks the you know the old trucks there old uh, gas trucks and then right across the street they have another factory that makes this lightning vehicle now if you go into the old factory 80% of the people there are working on the assembly line along with robots assembling this vehicle but if you go to the new factory 80% of the people are working on software so that's a very important thing to keep in mind because the F-150 is really not just a truck. It's kind of like a computer or an iPhone on wheels. And almost all of the value that it's providing is actually de- de- uh, delivered by technology like software. And it, the other thing is that it's it's connected to the internet, right, so it's, uh, it's a hyper-connected vehicle as well. So, my best advice to everyone is to say yes you have your old factory that you know you've been doing this and maybe that old factory is very popular and very successful but the future is potentially a hyper intelligent version of what you're doing uh, just like ford is doing so so i want you to start thinking about while you're watching this presentation what your version of the f150 lightning might be okay and it just bear in mind, it doesn't have to necessarily be a physical product like a truck. It could be something completely intangible too. But it's definitely something that takes everything to a much higher level and is really a part of this whole interconnected, network-oriented, hyper-intelligent future that is that we are moving into. Okay, so that's that's the uh, a good example to, to point to. Now. There's only one slide I have that has a lot of words on it, so I'm just going to share this because I wanted to find hyperintelligence and the the top line says that hyperintelligence refers to higher super intelligent abilities to accomplish complex tasks. So, this is why this is that's the definition of it. Now, why is that important in business? Because as we go forward uh, into the future, your customers are looking for, you know, well, what else can you do for me? What, what, you know, what, what's the next thing? What, what other added value are you providing? Okay, and it's going to become more and more important that that value is very, very high at a high level of hyper intelligence. That it's it's performing a lot of complex things in a way that looks like magic or is very simple. All right. So, um, so if we can combine technology like artificial intelligence, with what I call the human superpowers, you can, in your business, uh, really tap into all the hyper-intelligent potential that you have to provide a lot of hyper-intelligent value to your customers and therefore make a lot more money <laughs> to, bring, to bring it down to the more basic uh, incentive there. Okay, so so we wanna learn how to be hyper-intelligent and build hyper-intelligent things and uh and this is what's so exciting about it because there's so many ways to do that now the key though is how are you going to survive and prosper in this in this new age that's coming and uh, all you got to think about is the fact that artificial intelligence in a few years will be at the heart and soul of everything we do in our businesses in our economy and in our lives and this is something that's uh, nobody's talking about enough, but it is going to be uh, this unbelievable change in everything we're doing. And uh, it's already happening, you can see it. You know, you're know, you already interacting with a lot of things that use artificial intelligence. This has become, become more and more prevalent. But the other thing to bear in mind is that this hyper-intelligent technology, AI, is getting smarter and smarter at an exponential rate every day. So you can see that as, as we go, it's going to become more and more powerful very, very quickly. So this is what we have to uh, just wake up to. So we're going to have to learn to do this dance with robots. OK, and the dance in my mind is, you know, somewhere in the middle between people who like, for example, just hate technology. and I don't want anything to do with it. I want to go back to the land or whatever. Right. And then there's the people that love technology and they just think it's oh, all great and they're just real cheerleaders for it, which is also kind of nonsense. Um, we're going to have to find a middle ground because this is just the reality of our lives and we got to figure out how to do this well. So this is why I call it a dance, right? And, and um, you know, in the real world, you definitely wouldn't want to dance with me. I'm a terrible dancer. Um, I've taken dance lessons and so I know how difficult it is <laughs> to learn how to dance. So we're going to do this though in a sort of a metaphorical way. So the, the dance moves we're gonna learn here, there's three of them, is one is just to understand hyper-intelligent technology. And you know, in this short video, I'm just gonna talk about four of them and just to give you a little overview of what's out there and what's, what's happening with them. Okay, so we're gonna talk about that. And then the second thing is we're gonna talk about hyper-intelligent business models like New things that you can do with the business and new kinds of ways to organize your business that were possible now because this technology exists. So, that's a, the big um, opportunity is you can say, Oh my god, you know, we could add this new factory and it could look like this and, and it'll look different than the old factory, it'll be run on a different model. And then, the third thing, which is connected to that, is that you need to learn hyper intelligent business strategies which are much different than the old-fashioned, I call them old factory business strategies. Uh, and in my book, The Dancing with Robots, I talk about 29 of them. So in this short video, I'm just going to actually just talk about one, okay? Um, so that's why you might want to ultimately read the book, okay, as well. All right. And there, there's the book there. So um, so I wrote that book. It's actually a sequel to the previous book called um, The New Factory Thinker, which I'll talk about a little bit um, uh, later on, but the, um, but this book here is the details of everything I'm talking about today. So if you really find this interesting, you might consider, uh, reading that book. Okay. Now how do we go about innovating? Cause this is a real challenge for people. I, you know, I, this is what we do in our business, the big idea company. We help people uh, develop new innovations and then package them and then launch them into the marketplace. And uh, this is really challenging, like I said, because most of the time we spend most of our time thinking about the present and we're not thinking about the future. So we might make some incremental improvements to our business, which is fine, but that's really just fixing the old factory. Uh, But to create something completely new, it's like, you know, we have a taxi company and we create Uber or we have a hotel business and we create Airbnb, you know, Um, or we have a Video store and we create Netflix, right? So, um, so how do we go about doing that, right? Most of the time, our mental processes get in the way. You know, like the guy Kodak, he was just like, "Hey, I don't want to, I don't want to contemplate digital cameras. You know, you're kind of ruining, ruining my day, if, if not my life. Um, so, I don't want to think about it, right? So, how do we go about doing this? Well, the best way to do it is to just keep the old factory and say, this is great. And we're really trying to make the most of our old factory, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's super, but it may not represent our future. So what we're going to do is we're going to add a new factory. So we're going to add that on. So we're not going to change anything. We're not going to transform anything. Nobody wants to change anything. Really. We don't want to, but to add something, well, that's kind of exciting. So we're just going to add on a new factory so as you're listening to this you know think about well, what could I add on to my business that would be kinda of like my version of Uber or Facebook or Amazon or Apple or Google right what would that what would my version of that be right and that that's exciting because they think well then I could get into the game that those companies are playing that would be really fun in your own version right in your own way so now the key here is when you do the the new factory, right, is you, you can reimagine everything. This is your opportunity here, is just to throw everything up in the air and say, okay, well, what would it be? Maybe may be completely different than what we're doing right now. Just reimagine that. And that could either be seen as scary or it could be seen as exciting, a creative uh, exciting thing. So I'm hoping you'll see that as an exciting thing, right, just to reimagine everything. All right. So let's just talk about hyper-intelligent technology, right? Um, what are some examples of that? Well, the mother of them all is artificial intelligence and uh, it's out there. It's becoming more and more powerful. It's being used in all kinds of industries and all kinds of applications. Uh, it's still early on and it has certain bugs and so on in it. Um, but it's becoming more and more powerful. And the version of artificial intelligence that's really been the breakthrough uh, are, is machine learning, which means that these are software programs that don't just perform a function, like let's say Microsoft Word. Uh, these are software programs that are actually designed to learn something, okay? And that's a totally different uh, situation, okay? Some, it's it's. Designed to learn something so a great example of that is a few years ago um, there was this tournament and they had they an AI play uh, a uh, play these matches against the world champion at the game of go and go is like an Asian version of chess which at first glance looks simpler but it's it's infinitely more complicated actually like there's more potential moves in uh, go than all of the molecules in the entire universe. Think about that, <laughs> and there's a lot of molecules in the universe. So they, the basic idea was that most people said, no, there's no way that a, a computer could ever beat a human at Go, just couldn't do it, you know? Well, Google, with their DeepMind um, uh, AI, had this tournament, and it won, the AI won five out of the six matches. And everyone was just flabbergasted. And what was interesting was in one of the moves that the AI made, seemed like a huge mistake. Like people said, that's a ridiculous. That's the stupidest move ever. And the uh, and then it turned out later when the AI won that that was the most brilliant move ever. And it completely changed how everyone looked at the game of Go and how, how it could be played. So the AI actually invented a new way to play that game. So that's pretty pretty interesting, right? Well, how did it learn how to play Go? Well, it learned by actually playing itself uh, thousands, if not millions of times over a period of just a couple of days. And said, then it said, I'm ready, I'll come and play the world champion now. So if you take that same approach and you apply that to almost anything, you can see how the AI could become incredibly smart and incredibly capable of so many things so quickly. And that's what we're seeing so um and the other thing that's interesting is that now they're using machine learning ai to design machine learning ai software <laughs> okay so you know you can see how that's just accelerating very very quickly so so just imagine uh you having a um somebody that you're either competing with or working with okay so you can decide which way you want to go uh that has an as a uh, iq of like 10,000 imagine that that you know so if they're working with you that's incredibly helpful if they're competing with you that's incredibly disruptive so that's why you want to get have a partner that's working with you that's an AI like I can see that going forward here I am predicting something that uh, businesses will actually have a employee or even a CEO that is an AI and you'll just be asking. So, what do you think we should do now? What do you think we should do? What's the next step? What's our next strategy? And the AI will pop up with something. So, it might say, "Hey, we—I sh- think everyone should wear yellow." To actually not even thinking, it's saying, "I—I I want you to all to wear yellow." <laughs> it's kind of going more directive. To work on Friday, and you say, "Why is that?" And they say, well, "I can't explain it to you. It's too complicated for humans, but it's going to be a good thing." So, everybody wears yellow on Friday. And when uh, what happens is that, that that day, the biggest prospect you ever had shows up, and his favorite color is yellow. And it's like, I love you, people. You love yellow, and they and now you get this huge contract because the client's favorite color was yellow, and the AI figured that out, right? So then at that point, you'd be going, okay, well this AI really knows what it's doing. What else should we do? And, you know, and suddenly, you know, we're working for the AI or something, but maybe we're making lots of money by doing it. Far-fetched? Well, I don't know. That was what people were saying about, uh, standing on the corner, ordering a taxi with your computer in your hand, right? So, so this is, uh, this is really just, that was just one possible permutation of AI. Now what does AI eat? Like what does this robot AI eat? Well, it eats data. It consumes data and then it figures out things from that data and then it helps you make decisions or it makes decisions and then you can decide to take them or not. Um, And as the world gets more and more data, there's this huge resource out there. So the greatest resource in the future is going to be data, not any kind of physical resource like even oil and all of the other things that we rely on right now. Uh, it's going to be data, right? So we're generating it all the time, all of us. And as the world becomes more hyper-connected, we're going to be generating even more of it. So the AI is the machine that's going to make sense of this data and it's going to have insights and it's going to help us make decisions. Now, one of the most important things to realize about this is just the fact that data is your most valuable resource and the more that you can gather, the more of a resource that you have, okay? But only if you're making good use of it by using an AI to analyze it, right? To make good decisions. So you wanna start thinking about how can I make the best use of the data we have now? How could we gather more high quality data in order to be able to use that resource? So that's, a, that's an important thing to keep in mind. Now, of course, we have robots. That's the name of the book, Dancing with Robots. Well, robots are going to become more and more ubiquitous in everything that we do. So everywhere you look, there's going to be something that, it may not look like a robot from the Terminator movie or something, uh, but it will be there um, performing all kinds of physical uh, functions for us, just like we have now robot vacuum cleaner, for example. So in a business setting, you know, if you have any kind of manufacturing anything, it really needs to be done by a robot because otherwise you're gonna lose your competitive advantage. Now, there'll still be some humans involved, uh, but more and more it's going to be the robot. The robots are gonna do the physical labor, right? And of course, that will be very disruptive because there are a lot of people that make their living from doing physical labor. But if you have a business, the really incentive is always gonna be to automate, okay? So so we're gonna see more and more robots. And the robots are doing two things. They are um, running on AI, okay? So the robot uh, is gathering data, right? The AI is analyzing the data, and then the robot is performing a function uh, based on that information. more and more of these robots are all hyper-connected to each other. So they're all learning all at the same time as well. Okay, so very scary, okay, but also a big opportunity for anyone in business. Now, this also begs the question, which is what will humans do um, in, if robots are doing all this physical labor, right? And then the fourth one that is kind of a, a fun one uh, is the metaverse, okay? so that's a another technology that i really recommend you get to understand Um, you don't have to spend a lot of time in the metaverse but (laughs) if you don't like it but uh, definitely there's your customers are going to be spending more and more time in the metaverse which is really a virtual reality world um or worlds that uh kind of mirror what the real world is but then you know can be almost anything right sort of an alice in wonderland kind of situation here and uh like Facebook, for example, changed their name to Meta in order to really point to the future that they're going to create or at least want to be the metaverse company, right, the one where most the metaverse that most people go to. And they have a good shot at it because they've got two million people, two billion people on Facebook that then they can migrate them over to their metaverse, which actually exists right now. And I've been on it. And it's really interesting. Uh, not where I want to spend most of my time, but I do know that my customers may. Now, one, one experience I did have, which was very cool, uh, was during the pandemic, I thought, was there a way for my team and my clients to come together in the metaverse, you know? And there was this uh, platform, there is this platform called Verbella. And what I did was I, I took out a membership, which gave me basically an office building in this metaverse, okay? And I uh, had all these office space and I gave each one of my team an office and so on. So I could walk into the office and there they would be. And they'd be sitting there, their little avatar and we would chat and everything. Or we could bring a whole team into a boardroom and have a big chat. And it was really, really cool, right? Uh, anyway, so, uh, but then I thought, well, I got all this extra space. Maybe I could rent it out, you know? So I started inviting my clients to, the, to, the, to my office here, my metaverse office. And I say, hey, we got this empty space. If you want to rent some space in you know, the metaverse, you could bring your clients to the metaverse too. And they said, wow, that's great. So at one point, I was actually up about $2,000 a month profit by renting out space in the metaverse. So I was like a commercial landlord uh, in the metaverse. So making $2,000 a month, right? So here's the thing. <laughs> the metaverse isn't just some toy and something that you know kids do this is a place where you could actually make quite a bit of money. So it's kind of like wake up, there's things going on here that you don't know about and maybe we need to learn more about, it. All right. So, so I, what I say is you don't have to be an early adopter so much but you should be an early learner and the best way to learn about these things is to participate in them, right? So just to see what the heck's going on here. So that's always been my approach. Right, so so the thing about those four technologies, plus things like the blockchain, um, quantum computers, uh, the Internet of Things, and all these other technologies, is they're all converging. They all kind of work together in lots of ways. Three D printing and so on, um, and they're and they're expanding their capabilities exponentially. So we're in for a huge ride here, um, that uh, is is unavoidable. So you're either going to get on you know, the ride, or you're going to get off and watch people on the ride. So I think you should yeah, buckle up and get get ready for the ride. And because it really will disrupt every business and every industry, every job. And, you know, it almost sounds like a cliche, and everybody's been talking about this, but, um, but it really is true. And uh, that's why you don't want to be betting all of your all of your uh, hard-earned money on the old factory because maybe that will become uh, something that will become perhaps uh, obsolete very quickly, kind of like what happened with uh, Blockbuster, right? Uh, Or Kodak. Now, the best way forward to make sense of all this is what I call new factory thinking. And this is what I teach my clients about. Uh, Really, it's the way that the way of thinking used by companies like Google, Facebook, Amazon, Airbnb, Uber, Apple. This is how they think about their business. And you think about how successful they are. And the reason why they're so successful is because they figured out how to operate in a in a hyper-intelligent economy, hyper-intelligent marketplace. And they're not telling you what they're doing necessarily, but I figured out this is what they're doing. And any company can follow this approach and and I I put all of that into my book called the new factory thinker so once again if you're interested in learning even more about this you might want to pick up that book as well so what is the what is the fundamental uh, approach of new factory thinking how do they do that right and uh, just briefly I'll tell you the five things so one is there's a big idea so Uh, a new factory always has a big idea it's like there's some big intention that it's trying to accomplish some big problem it's trying to solve right um the second thing is free value it doesn't sell anything it just provides free value to start relationships with people so it's kind of like linkedin's free or skype is free right or google offers all these free things as well right so just to draw you in and get a relationship started the third thing is that there's a network so these new factories before they try to sell anything they develop a big community around their business right so this is like like linkedin has 450 million people Uh, facebook has over two billion people TikTok has goodness knows how many apple has millions and millions of of people right in their network and this is a prime membership on amazon uh, something like 450 million people so they get those people in that community and then they offer them for free and then they offer them membership in advanced programs so they have these advanced programs now these aren't software programs they're more like membership programs okay so the people become committed maybe on a subscription basis or something to uh, what this company is doing right what they're providing and those programs can be anywhere from Hundred dollars a month to a million dollars a year, maybe even more. Okay, so so uh, it's, there's lots of ways that can manifest itself. And then the fifth thing is those companies then have a toolbox of all kinds of resources and products and services that they sell. Uh, a lot of times through affiliates, right? So it's like Amazon mostly sells other people's products, but really all all of them. And then uh, Apple sells a lot of other people's products, right? And so this is the um, opportunity is to scale your business uh, in a way to actually becoming this virtual department store for all your members. Uh, so this is what these companies are doing why they're so successful, why they've grown so much uh, and why they're you know pretty powerful and you know, maybe here to stay as well you know so that you can use exactly the same approach. Now I'll just give you three examples of how people have applied that um, and, and one of the reasons why this works so well is because they weren't like picking the technology first. They were saying, "What are we really trying to do? How are we trying to provide more value in the world? How can we develop more relationships with great customers and stuff?" And then they say, "Okay, thirdly, you know, what kind of technology should we use to support that?" Right. So we don't want to get what I call technopia, which is we get so excited about artificial intelligence that, you know, it's like a it's like a solution looking for a problem, you know first talk about your customers say is there a problem they have yes we could help them solve that then they say well how, how can we bring technology to bear to solve that that's that's really the best way to think of it so jeff Kalibaba, uh i've known him a long time and he's got a company called game plan hr so he's in the hr world and his uh, customer is people who are managing hr departments uh Companies and also the CEOs of companies too that are you know committed to really great HR you know in their company human resources Uh, so what Jeff did was he created a network it's called the HR connection network and he invites HR people into that network for free and they come and every two weeks he has a meeting on zoom uh, and these expert speakers come and they talk about all the different topics of HR you know, but hiring, how to hire people, how to find people, good people, how to bring a great team together, diversity, uh, how to build a great culture in your company, how to fire people, <laughs> you know, sort of thing. All these different topics. And they love that, right? There's a lot of value there. And then what Jeff's, you know, uh, objective is, is then to get uh, a certain percentage of those people into his advanced program. Uh, which is called HROS, um, called Human Resources Operating System, which is a strategic planning process for HR departments, for companies that want to have a really, really powerful HR strategy in their business. So this is a very, very powerful thing. And then his third thing is the toolbox, which he has all kinds of companies that want to sell things to his members, uh, like, you know, HR software company, things like that uh so he has put himself in a very good position this is a business that's growing very uh rapidly uh and it's all because basically it's designed as a new factory right and there's some very cool technology that he's using for that right primarily right now he's using you know online systems to gather data uh he's putting all that data into a uh, um databases and as this information grows, you'll start using artificial intelligence to figure out all kinds of amazing things to help these folks, okay? So so that's HR Connection Network. Uh, Rick Goet, uh his old factory was selling air filters to go into airplanes and his customer is the airlines and he identified a problem they have, which is oftentimes they can't find a part, like there's this part, hard to find, right? So he said, yeah, that's what our new factory is gonna do. It's gonna help them find hard to find parts, not just air filters, any kind of part that goes in an airplane, right? So he's expanding his thinking here, right? And he's saying, I'm just trying to help my customers more. That's all I'm trying to do. Well, it all evolved into the Right Now program. And it's a membership program. It's an online system. It's like the Amazon now for the airline industry. So anytime an airline Is looking for a part whether it's hard to find or not they're going now to his platform and um, when they buy a part they get points which then they can use to buy parts in the future right so like I say it really has become like the Amazon for the airline industry and not only is he making lots of money from that um, he's also selling more air filters because he controls the platform by the way he also sells his competitors air filters on that platform so uh, that's a whole different way of thinking right Then we have Nick Bloor now Nick is down in Australia and uh, his company you know his old factory he said well we cut grass basically like a property maintenance company biggest one in Australia uh, very successful but I can see that this is kinda maxed out now like you know we have a lot of cities in Australia that have hired us on contract to cut their grass in their parks and so on. So that's good, but he saw that there was something more, you know, there's gotta be something more. So what we came up with was the IVM program, integrated vegetation management. He had this logistics software he was using for himself and I said, well, let's give it to these cities and they can use it in their, uh, you know, maintenance departments. Um, and we'll give it to them for free, okay, and we'll get it all hooked up there. And then we told them that there were these other levels of membership, level two and level three, that were $50,000 a year and $100,000 a year. And um, all of them went for it, all these big cities went for this, because they could see this would be very good, because what the point of it is that we would then integrate their suppliers with this system. So it would be one seamless Ecosystem for managing, you know, the city basically. And um, the cool thing was a lot of those companies that they integrated were Nick's former competitors, like with other companies that cut grass. And they were paying like ten thousand dollars a year to be on this platform as well. This worked so well, Nick sold his old factory uh, and made a deal with his, you know, the new owners. He said, "If I have a member that needs uh, grass cutting, I'm going to send them to you." I just want 10% of what you bill them. So at this point now, he says that he, that he makes more money from his old factory than when he owned it, which is, yeah, just for him, it's just like, that's just crazy, right? And then, and then the other thing, uh, he said, you know, old factory, said, I thought, you know, you cut, some, cut grass or do something and people pay you, but now I get paid when grass gets cut. I just don't have to cut it, you know? And he said, that's a totally different way of thinking about things, right? Okay, so, so those are just three examples of what's possible now when you create a new factory. So hopefully you're getting, you to know, think now, what's my new factory look like, right? Now, there's, in my book, the uh, Dancing with Robots, I talk about 29 strategies for success in the age of hyperintelligence. Um, can't get into all 29 right now. That would take hours, but I'm just going to talk about one. That's kind of the, the most important one, Okay. And uh, like I say, it's in my book, Dancing with Robots. There's 29 of them. Uh, this is like the first one. And the strategy is to help your customers get a better result using less resources. And the best result, the ultimate result is greater well-being, okay? Whatever that might look like, but greater well-being. A better result using less resources. Now, old factory world, we just want people to consume as much as possible. Like if we're making hammers, we want people to buy a hundred of them, <laughs> okay? Uh, you know, anything. We just want them to keep buying that and consuming it, whatever, right? Whereas uh, in the new factory world, it's if you could come up with something that will help people get a better result using less resources, they'll be all over it because it'll cost them less time, less money, less effort, less energy, right? And that, they'll say, well, that's a great thing, right? I mean, that's why I go and buy LED light bulbs, right? as opposed to a regular light bulb. LED light bulbs can be like 20 times more than a regular light bulb, but I buy it because in the long run it helps me use less energy, and then actually less money, and I'm actually saving money ultimately. So if you take that idea and you say, well now what would be our, our product service program, what would it be, what would be something that would help our customers get a better result using less resources? And if you come up with something like that, your your chances of success are much higher than if you're just trying to get them to consume something. All right. So so start start using your uh, hyper intelligence to figure that out. So the question now is, which way are you going to go? You know, most people after hearing this are just going to go back to their old factory because you know there's a lot to do there. It's a busy thing, and you know, I'm going to go back and start making film at Kodak, or I'm going to start, go back and maybe open up another video rental store or something, right? (laughs) Or I'm going to go and add some new taxis to my taxi company, you know? That's probably what most people will do, right? But as I've said, that that could actually be the wrong thing to do. So what I'm suggesting is at least you also think about creating a new factory as well, right? Just to take some time out from what you're doing here and think okay what could be the new factory what could be what could what could be completely different here if we took all this technology what could we put in place that would be so much better for our customers and then ultimately so much better for everyone including ourselves you know what would that look like and so it's it's a matter of taking the time out to actually think about that and what I often do is when I'm trying to think of the next thing I go to, out of my office and I go to Starbucks and I hang out there for a while and I just think, okay, I'm, I'm not all in my old factory here. What would be the new factory? What would that look like, right? And just being in a different place and putting that time in, come up with all kinds of great ideas, right? So, um, So that's my best advice to you to do that, right? Even if it's just 1% of your time. And to start thinking about what your version of the, ford lightning is you see that represents their future they know that right and it'll be one day i don't know when it'll be but they will discontinue their old factory truck even though right now it's still hugely popular right but as time goes by (laughs) this ford lightning is going to become increasingly more hyper intelligent. like why would you drive an old crummy old f-150 when you could drive a lightning okay it's just like it'd be like having you know not having an iPhone right just still using a fax machine and you know and a landline and you know and not having an iPhone like it'd be like what are you doing right okay now there might be a few holdouts but (laughs) not very many okay so what's that look like for you what are you gonna be providing your customers uh, in the future now all of that could be a little bit, um, overwhelming, right? But I put all of these ideas into your mind now. So they're all going to be in there. Uh, and this is good. And there are lots, you know, you got a lot of questions, right? So what you can do with me is you can have a 60 minute big idea session. It's free. Okay. And we're going to brainstorm what your new factory will look like, what your hyper-intelligent new factory will be. And, um, Everyone's got a big idea. It's right there. It's probably just lurking (laughs) under the surface, and we will bring it out during that session, okay? Um, All of the ideas I showed you there were all created in that 60-minute session. So if you see the link there, you can just schedule a time to have your big idea conversation, and we'll just see what happens. We'll come up with something, right? And that could be uh, a real turning point in your business and, and for your future. Alright, so thank you very much for uh, listening to me, and I hope that um, you know, you've gotten some good ideas from this, and I, I really do um, look forward to having that big idea conversation with you. Alright, so thank you very much, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks.